0: Hey, friends, and welcome back to the Rhythms Podcast. So thankful that you could join us today. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I felt like I ate three or four Thanksgiving meals. And I am done for a while. I don't know about you. But uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode on the Rhythms podcast. Our hope and our prayer for you is that along this journey, as we're doing this podcast, that you are being formed and being shaped. Into the image of Christ. Scott McKnight calls it Christoformity, that you are being formed into Christ likeness, being shaped and molded by Christ Himself through surrender and through the cross in these practices and disciplines. We really feel like to adopt the uh, person of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And it's important for us to recognize that we have been given graces. Uh, or, or spaces to be formed and shaped by the presence of God in our midst now. And so I really hope that you have been putting some of these practices into your rhythms of life intentionally. That is our hope, and that's our desire. That is our prayer. And if you enjoy this podcast, would you give it a subscribe or a follow, and even a review? That would be so very kind of you, and we would deeply appreciate it. This week begins the Advent season. We mentioned last week for our episode on Thanksgiving that it is so necessary for us to posture ourselves in the posture of Thanksgiving as we move into the Advent season. I do want to let you know that it is not Christmas. We are not in the season of Christmas yet. That time will come, but right now... We, as the global people of God, are in what is known as Advent. It is the four weeks leading up to Christmas, and I think it's important for all of you who are listening to understand that the people of God, the church, we as followers of the way of Jesus for centuries have used a rhythmic calendar to anchor us in seasons that help to st- to tell the story of the gospel, the story of Jesus and his um, proclamation of the kingdom and his redemptive work on the cross and his victory defeating sin and the grave through his resurrection and ascension. And we are to press into seasons. I know for us in the West, it's so easy to get caught up in uh, life as just this fast-paced Um, get-through-the-day kind of mentality, and even viewing holidays as just that, individual days. But the reality is, for the church across the world, we practice seasons, and we press ourselves into different seasons across the church calendar. And for Christians across the world, Advent kicks off the new year. It is the new year for Christians all across the world when we enter into the Advent season, this four week period that leads us up to Christmas tide. Uh, not just Christmas Day on December 25th. But Christmas Tide, which is a 12 day season celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, think about the song 12 Days of Christmas. You know where we got that from? Christmas Tide, the 12 day season of Christmas. So, yes, Christmas is its own season. We are not there yet. Right now, we are still in the season of Advent and will be over the next couple of weeks. And I feel like it's important for us to use this approach to living. As a means to slow us down, to center ourselves in a period of time, not just a day. And the church calendar does that for us. It anchors us not just in the gospel and the story of Jesus, but it also anchors us into a season, a period of time, not just a single day. And I love Advent, and I think 2020 really has been um such a reality check for us that we are living in a broken and a dark world and advent is a season to recognize the depths of the darkness of our world the depravity and the brokenness of the society that we live in the human condition and the need for redemption and for restoration The word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, and it means arrival, and uh, has been celebrated within the church since, some scholars believe, the 4th century. So you're talking about a season that's been celebrated for 1,500 years or more in the church, and it mirrors the Lenten season that precedes Easter. It is a Lenten season that precedes Christmas. Advent specifically commemorates the arrival of the Son of God, but also positions ourselves to wait and to yearn and to long for his second coming. So we sit in this place of tension between Christ's first coming and his second coming, his first arrival and his second arrival. There are four themes in the Advent season that we will discuss over the next couple weeks on the Rhythms podcast. And those four themes are hope, love, joy, and peace. Now, some of you maybe grew up in a home or even a church tradition that uh, used the Advent wreath as a way to press into the Advent season. And I have to be honest. Uh, I don't know if it's like hipster or, or what it is <laughs> to to practice the Advent wreath, but uh, my wife and I, Jordan and I, have really felt that practicing the Advent wreath during the Advent season and lighting a candle each week has just been an anchoring practice for us in a chaotic season. It helps to slow us down and to really think about um, the time that we are in. And uh, Week one is uh, obviously the theme of hope. And the candle that is lit on uh, the first week of Advent is known as the hope candle, but it's also known as the prophecy candle, where for the first week you anchor yourself in the, the prophecy of the coming of Christ in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah, we actually... Um, recognize that the context of what's going on in Isaiah is very, very similar to the darkness of what we're experiencing in the world today. Injustices all around. There is turmoil. There is tension. There's political divide. There's oppression. There is disease. There's poverty. There's human trafficking. There is brokenness. There's darkness. And Isaiah, in chapter 9, gives this prophecy of the coming Messiah. And I want to read this for us today. Isaiah 9, verse 1 and 2. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. That gives us context. There has been gloom and there has been people in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali, But in the future, he will honor Galilee, speaking of the person of Jesus, of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light Has dawned. Now that sounds like the beginning of a heroic movie or Star Wars, Um, but in fact, this is reality. This is us looking at the prophecy of the coming Messiah and King in the person of Jesus. He is the light of the world. And we even see in John 1 the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. But Advent begins in darkness. It begins in a recognition that we live in a broken, challenging, and chaotic world. And I find it to be very fascinating that December 21st is the darkest day of the year. We are moving into the winter solstice. Many of you know this, that it gets dark now around 530. It is the darkest time of the year, and it's also the time that we celebrate the arrival of King Jesus, and the light of the world. In the midst of the darkness, the light has dawned. In the middle of this winter solstice, we anchor ourselves in the gospel of Christ Jesus. Fleming Rutledge wrote a fantastic book, a dense read, I'll be honest with you, about 400 pages on Advent. And uh, she's an Episcopalian priest and preacher and theologian and i'm going to read just a few quotes from her book uh, on advent that i think really frames this season for us. she says as our lord jesus tells us, unless we see the light of god clearly, what we call light is actually darkness. she quotes matthew 6:23 how great is that darkness. advent bids us to take a fearless inventory of the darkness. the darkness without and the darkness within. Advent is not a uh, quick prelude to Christmas. It is a time that we must slow down. We must not sprint to December 25th. We must not sprint to tide, but we must walk slowly and contemplatively through the darkness and into the light. We need to take inventory of the darkness of our own life of the darkness of the world, to recognize the depravity, to recognize the need for a redemptive king, to recognize the need for light, and to recognize that it is so dark that just a small glimmer of light provides deep hope. And that is why in the first week of Advent, we celebrate the hope that Christ brings. Now, hope isn't just a blind optimism that we expect things to get better. Hope is not having any understanding of what might come, that it might actually get darker, but it's anchoring ourselves in the future second coming of Christ and the restoration of all things. And we right now in time live in a between state, a tension between, as I mentioned earlier, Christ's first arrival and his second coming. We live between the deterioration of the world and its total restoration. Remember, what we see with Christ is mirrored in what's happening in the world. It is a movement to the cross that all things will be made new, but there will be a deterioration. There will be a dying to self for all things are wiped clean, and there is a renewal that takes place. There is a total restoration, a resurrection Of sword that comes in the person of Jesus Christ and his mission and work in the world so while we feel like everything is deteriorating there's an undercurrent of renewal and restoration that while we feel like the majority of space time and matter is dark there is a glimmer of hope that shines bright in the present it is that restoration friends and family that drives us and gives us hope Hope is what anchors us. It pulls us forward. It is the um, belief that Christ will return. Hope is anchored in the faith of his contract that officially was signed by the cross and the resurrection, that Jesus signed this contract saying, I will complete this renewal process that I have begun. Rutledge goes on to say the disappointment, brokenness, suffering, and pain that characterize life in this present world is held in dynamic tension with the promise of future glory that is yet to come. In that Advent tension, the church lives its life. We live in tension, that the kingdom is here and not yet at the same time, that there is an overlapping of darkness and light, but light is penetrating into the darkness, And we now, as the people of God, we are the salt of the earth, and we are the light of the world. We are ones to penetrate the darkness of this world. And we are able to do this because of the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and his impartation of the Holy Spirit in our life. Timothy Keller, who pastors Redeemer Presbyterian Church, uh, says, Human beings are hope-shaped creatures. How you live today is shaped by what you believe about your future. I love that. You know, for you and I, where we place our hope dictates who and what we worship as well as who we become. So wherever you place your hope, think about that. Do that as a reflection, as a practice. Where do you place your hope? If you place your hope in something... That will lead to worship. It will lead to who we become. Keller goes on to say if we look to some created thing to give us the meaning, hope, and happiness that only God Himself can give, it will eventually fail to deliver and break our hearts. We must not put our hope in created things, our hope must be in something transcendent and something that is eternal. And that must be put into the Trinitarian community called God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you put your hope in your job, it will expose itself. COVID has shown that. In fact, COVID has exposed all of our hopes. It's exposed where we put our hope, uh, even in relationships. You put your hope in your relationships, your friends, your family. Sickness will expose that very quickly. If you put your hope into the things that you have. The potential of losing your job, or there being an economic crisis, exposes that hope. If you put your hope in yourself, you will recognize your own depravity very quickly, and that will create an anxiety and a pressure that is not meant to be put on a created being. Our hope must be placed in Christ Jesus. We are broken and fragmented individuals that are in a dire need of redemption and restoration. And we need hope. Um, Without Christ Jesus, we live in a hopeless world. And I encourage you in this Advent season in the midst of the darkness to examine the places that you put your hope in your life. The things that keep you going. What is it? Who is it that keeps you going? Examine it. Put it on the table. And I would encourage you to place your hope, the thing that drives you, your trust of the future, no matter what it looks like on the horizon, to put your hope into the person of Jesus, that he is restoring and renewing all things. Now, I want to close with this prayer of blessing, again, from Fleming Rutledge, from her book on Advent. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of his blessing, and set you free from all sin. Amen. May he whose second coming in power and great glory we await make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and constant in love. Amen. May you who rejoice in the first advent of our Redeemer, at his second advent be rewarded with eternal life. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you forever. Amen.